she runs alone in Central Park. She will stand again at the top of the podium. Mary Kitani, on New York's best day, she comes to the tape as New York's best for a fourth time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 150, and I have a two-part episode for you. I'm talking with Carrie Tollefson about the New York City Marathon in the first half of the interview. And then at the end, I had the opportunity to speak with the TCS New York City Marathon women's champion, Mary Katani. Carrie is an Olympian. She is the mom of three, and you can oftentimes find her commentating at major marathons doing broadcasting. She also hosts the podcast, See Tolly Run, so make sure you check that out as well. Carrie knows what she's talking about. She does the broadcast pretty much every year, and she commentates the entire race. So we recap Mary's amazing performance and what she did in the race, and we also talk about the top American men and women. It was so fun to talk to Carrie. You guys, she's just one of those people that I love and adore, and I'm so thankful to have her as a friend, and I think you're really going to enjoy our fun conversation, all thanks New York City Marathon. So I'm going to play my conversation with Carrie, and then I'm going to play my conversation with Mary. I talked to Mary for around 15 minutes. It's a little bit hard to understand because I did not record through my normal recording software. I actually talked with her. Um, She was on her hotel phone. And I was on my phone, so I was using a recording app on my phone, and it's just not as good as the app I use uh, through Skype. So pay attention. Turn your volume up and pay attention because Mary is so sweet and so special, and she's doing amazing things. She is hands down one of the best marathoners of all times, and I am so honored that I had the privilege to talk to her after her outstanding performance at the TCS New York City Marathon. Before we get started talking with Carrie and Mary, I want to thank Generation UCAN for supporting this episode of the podcast. UCAN delivers smarter energy powered by Superstarch. Why is their energy smarter? Because it's steady and balanced without sugar or stimulants, no heart racing highs and no crashing lows. Just feel good energy for the body and mind. Now, the cool thing about UCAN is that it gives you that slow release. So when you're training, You're not getting a sugar spike. You're not getting all this energy at once. It's this slow release. It's gentle on the stomach, and it also curbs hunger cravings. So I want you guys to try it out. It's my preferred fuel source when I'm training for a marathon, and they are offering you guys a 15% discount in their store. If you go to generationucan.com slash discount slash another, use the code another to get 15% off your order with them. All right, guys, there will be another episode posted up on Friday this week. So you're getting three episodes this week, and I'll have another. Because I also posted my live show with Paula Radcliffe that I did this weekend. I posted that on Tuesday. So three really fun episodes this week. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss any of them. And if you're loving what you're hearing, head over to iTunes or whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating and review. That is one of the best ways potential new listeners can find us. I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer. Please enjoy my conversation with Carrie Tolfson and Mary Katani. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Lindsay. How's it going? <laughs> 
Good. We're doing this duo podcast. I know. And we just got to see each other in New York City, which was so fun. We did the live Facebook with Generation You Can. Yeah, it was so super fun with Sarah Sellers. And she's going to come on my show pretty soon here, too. I'm sure you'll have her back as well. I mean, she, Sarah Sellers, she did amazing. She had such a great PR in New York. I know. And you know, it was, I don't know if you saw her Instagram post, but she just said she just felt like she was going to let people down regardless. And then after the race, she thought, no, I don't think I let people down. She did not. She definitely impressed. And it was really special to see her have a great day. Yeah, I got to see her finish, which obviously you did too, because you were in the broadcasting booth. But she, man, she was working hard. And I loved that Instagram post because she just was saying how much she felt the love on the streets of New York. And man, she ran a 236. Her PR was 244. I know. And she thought on a perfect day, she'd run around that 230 maybe. And, you know, really, I think that when you place that high in a major like she did in Boston, and it was kind of out of nowhere, and she even will admit that too, but that just elevates a person. You know, you just kind of think, hey, I belong here. And maybe with some tweaks and like she's done now, she's down to 30 hours a week. She still works a ton. (laughs) Uh, But she's trying to figure out how to juggle it both and see what she can do as an athlete. So Props to her. I mean, she's really given it. 30 hours a week. That's a lot to work to run at that level. I know. I know. And the way that she does it, you know, she did say she sometimes she gets to sit, but I I think most nurse anesthetists do not get to sit much. No, no. (laughs) Okay. So um, what else did we get to do in New York? Oh, I took a shower in your hotel room. Like Ah. I just borrowed your hotel room for the day. Yeah, I was at... I was at dress rehearsal and you said, Hey, can I come and shower? But you know what was so much fun was knowing that you had little Sandy there with your husband and one of your really good friends. And you got to go for a run and come back and shower quick before you went and interviewed Paula Radcliffe. I mean, come on, that's an awesome day. So yes, shower in my room anytime. Uh, Yeah. I was staying in New Jersey, which is, it was actually only like 30 minutes outside of the city. It didn't take us long to get in at all, but I was like, we can't go back and shower. And I really want to run in Central Park. That has to be part of this weekend. And I thought it would be a really good, like pre Paula thing to do to go, you know, see the course. Cause I've actually never been to New York city for the marathon. So it was pretty cool. Oh, it's so fun. And you know, it was so beautiful. I mean, every year I kind of forget that they still have the colors. I don't know about Indianapolis, but for us, the, the colors kind of fall right after Halloween. I mean, it's pretty much on Halloween. They're gone. And so when you went to New York, I mean, it, all the leaves are still on the trees and it was, you know, nice weather and just, it was beautiful. Yeah. My friend Ashley that we were with and she had her daughter Jenny with her too. She was like, I feel like Central Park is really showing off today. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and you know, especially on marathon day, I mean, what a perfect day for everybody to run fast. Okay, so let's talk about that because I want to talk about the race and what we expected and what we saw happen. The uh, American women, the best placing, is that how I say it, since 1978? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And, you know, it's so weird because I've had some really nice comments about the broadcast, but then I also get a lot like, where did we, you know, why didn't we get to see the Americans? And obviously it's tough to get back and, you know, to have Paula Radcliffe out there on the motorcycle to have her zooming everywhere. Um, and that's the thing we would have loved to have shown such an epic performance by all, all of the Americans. But, um, I think that it really is special to say that we had four in the top 10 and the names of those women are amazing. We had the top two returners from last year, Shalane and Allie Kiefer. And then we had our, you know, the two best marathoners in America right now are Molly Huddle and Des, Des Linden. So, I mean, all four of those women are in the top 10. It's crazy. 
Yeah, I when I saw Allie Kiefer come through, I was like, she just proved herself right there, you know? Yeah. Because it's like fifth place last year. She just everybody kind of thought she came out of nowhere, but the fact that she came back and ran a minute PR and still got seventh with Des and Molly in the mix, you yep. know, take them out because they weren't there last year. She would have been back in fifth. Yeah, and I think what the big stat for me that I saw with Allie is that she was so close to her mar- her half marathon PR in the second half of that race. Oh, really? She was just off of that, you know, and and just to see how tough people can be. Like we were, you know, in the broadcast booth talking about not how slow, and you have to think about it in respect to the runners, <laughs> but you know, for the athletes that were in that lead pack, they were going quite slow for them, right? They go through and right around one fifteen, I believe, and almost one sixteen. Yeah. And for most of them, they've run faster in half marathons by four to even well, if you're looking at Mary Katani, twelve minutes faster about no, let's see. Yeah, about 12 minutes faster. She's run 64 minutes for half marathon. Wow. And, you know, typically you don't go that slow through your through the marathon. But for Allie to come back and to be that close to her half marathon PR in the second half of the race, that's pretty spectacular. I mean, she is very strong. She is um, doing the right stuff. But cardiovascular-wise, she has to be very strong, too. And her legs, obviously, she talks a lot about that, you know, um, being in the weight room and doing the other things that maybe aren't a typical um, distance runner you know, way to train. She trains that way. And obviously it's working for her. Yeah. I think she posted something about being really proud of the second half of that race. Mm. She Uh, should be. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I feel like Molly leading up to the race. I feel like we just didn't hear much about Molly. Maybe she was just being quiet and super focused. Yeah. You know, and even I sent her a text and I was like, can you tell me anything? Cause Shalane gave me some tidbits about her knees being really sore in this buildup. And I think she alluded to it to some people, but she didn't want to dwell on a negative thing coming into the race. And really, I think when you're returning champion, you don't want to give anyone an excuse because you're here toeing the line, ready to win again. So that was one thing with Shalane. She kind of gave me some of that information. But when I asked Molly, she just said, typical buildup, you know, things are going well. She went to altitude a little bit longer, but, you know, I think she was just focused and ready to go. She didn't really say there was, you know, good or bad. She just wanted a race. And she did say it was going to be really tough for the Americans to be up in that front pack again. But look at how they did. I mean, they were up in the front pack. Yeah. Okay. So tell me your thoughts on Shalane, though, getting third. I mean, when you were broadcasting, you were kind of watching the the race play out. She didn't pass uh, third place until pretty, pretty late. What mile was that? Yeah, she was in the park. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it was, um, I think, at mile, right around mile 25. or That's maybe late. Even, yeah, it was, it was in the 20, yeah, right around mile 25. And I tell you what, that woman is one of the toughest runners we will ever see. I mean, she is just so gritty and uh, so smart. And I, I think one of the things I remember about the broadcast was she is kind of like, I don't think I said she's a shark, but she kind of is. And she's <laughs> a lovely shark. But, you know, she kind of sees her her bait and she goes for them slowly but surely. But then when she wants to attack, it's like, see ya, you know, it's yeah. all over now. And I think she knew she wasn't going to catch Mary, but she just kept picking people off and um, staying focused. And, you know, for anyone that needs to watch how to run a race, you need to watch her because every single time she races, she makes it a race and she holds it together. You rarely see Shalane Flanagan blow up. She, and she, I feel like even when she picks it up, she's got that same, her stride and her form. It just always looks so fluid. It looks the exact same. 
Mm-hmm. And even though I could see there was some, there was some pain or there was some like fatigue or something going on in her face. She still had those eyes of like, I'm, I'm in this thing. I'm ready to go. Um, but she, she did say she was training through tears, oh. this, this buildup. And if for someone that tough to be training through tears, she was hurting pretty bad, but she did say she didn't miss workouts. She left mammoth to go to park city to get her treatment. Um, but it was both knees, I believe. And, um, you know, she, she really wanted to go out in style. So she had a lot riding on this race. And I think what we've heard now since I haven't seen her or gotten to talk to her actually, but, um, what we've seen is that she's still, you know, debating, but she did say she's ready to focus on other people. And I think she's really excited about coaching, but I'm really sad if she decides to hang them up. I don't want her to go away. <laughs> you know what I love? I, when I was, I was just looking through all this, the fact that Mary who won mm-hmm. Vivian, who got second and Shalane, their ages, 36, 35, 37. Yeah. I love that. Like, hello, women in our 30s. That's awesome. I know. We were talking about that. It was so different, like, to see the men and women. The men's race, they're pretty young. Um, And then to see the women, it's a lot of 30-year-olds. And that is amazing. And I don't know. We were trying to talk about that, too. Like, wondering if maybe it's, you know, that... They used to say it was like 28 was the year, right? That everyone does so well. And I don't know if it's from like 28 to 32, like there's some injuries that come into play yeah. or what it is, but there's something about, you know, right around 29, 30, 31, it seems like people aren't necessarily, they're, they're still racing, but maybe they're not at their peak. And then they either get a second wind or they hang them up type thing. And it's just so fun to see people getting that second wind again and wanting to go for it in their later 30s, even some in their early 40s. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Des. She got sixth. Oh, I know. And I feel like Des is even getting looked over. I mean, come on, Des. She's sixth. Sixth and, place. Yeah. And ran so even again in her <laughs> in this race. Like she's just really such a I just love Des. I just think she she made the race. I don't know if you got to see the early miles, but she was pushing the pace again and um, you know, trying to keep it honest because that's kind of how she is. But she's also now not afraid to push hard in the end because she's switched up her training a little bit. But, you know, she's just such everybody loves Des. Like she's really become a household name now since Boston. I think even before Boston, she was, but maybe now so with non-runners. And um, I mean, listen, she got to give an award to Taylor Swift. That's pretty sweet. I know. Oh, my gosh. Well, she definitely wanted to win. So you tell me as someone who's competed at this level, I don't know. But if you get sixth place and you just won the Boston Marathon and you're going to this race to want to win, do you feel disappointment? What do you feel? Oh, you know, I think um, I'm sure she felt disappointment. You know, there's always that that feeling of, oh, I wish I could have, you know, pushed harder here or, you know, I mean, I, I guess she did. She did negative split quite a bit and she did run pretty close to her PR as well in the half, but um, the second half of the race. But I think that uh, with Des she's just such a smart racer. And if she, if she feels like she ran that race with everything she had, she will walk away with a lot more than most people. I don't think Des is one to really beat herself up a ton. Um, I think she just, she's kind of a level headed woman, you know, she just kind of sees the good in things and, and hangs on for it or or to it. Yeah. And whenever I've talked to her, um, I do feel like she's very much like, I'm going to run my race. Like if the pack is going, I'm not going to go with them just because they're packed up. Like I'm going to do what my body can handle. Yeah. And you know, her saying is, I think, keep showing up. 
Yeah. And that's just what she does. You know, I mean, she just keeps showing up. She was sixth in the TCS New York City Marathon this year and she won Boston. I mean, that's pretty, it's a pretty amazing year. And she's definitely not hanging it up. She's going for the trials. Yeah. I, I think she said 2020 and, you know, she's got a new coach now and trying different things because she's loved what the Hansons has done for her, um, or have done for her, but they are, I think she said, I just need to try and figure out how to stay on top now. And, and, you know, I don't know about you, but for me too, like training can get kind of stale at times if you're doing the same things, or if you feel like you've kind of done that workout a number of times and, if you, if you have to mix it up, you got to mix it up. And I think that's what she's doing right now, trying different race distances and still putting herself in the big marathons because that's where her heart is. But we see her running like 5Ks and cross country. Yeah. It's awesome. It's fun to see someone at, at her age, which she's still super young, but 35 years old, still trying different things. Yeah, for sure. And I, th- I think it was really good that she, you know, she took that kind of break before Boston, mm-hmm. then killed Boston. And now she switched coaches. So she's really changed a lot in the last like year and a half. And I wonder what she'll think after this race. Like, I wonder, um, you know, cause she talked about this new coaching that she was, uh, having and she talked about how they were doing more speed and though she thought she could close faster and all this stuff because of the speed work. I wonder how she thinks that all worked out specifically for the race. I mean, you said she ran super even, so maybe it is the race well, that she was supposed to have. I thought she ran super even, but I think what I remember reading, I think she went through in about one, let's see, one fifteen fifty one. So no, she, she definitely negative split. And I think what I had read, um, is that she was, she was felt pretty good about the second half cause she wasn't far off of that new PR that she set in Philadelphia in September. And you yeah. know what, did you hear about that race? She had to stop because of a side ache I did hear and she's that. still PR. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> And, you know, Des has that PR in the half marathon. I think it used to be 112 before she ran rock and roll Philly um, this last spring. But I think the half for her has never really been one where she's really put, you know, everything into that race. It's usually a tune up for a big marathon. But um, for her to come back and run close to that or close to her old PR, even uh, she she was cranking home. Um, But. Really, no matter how you went through the half, if you went through the half in what, around 115, mm. nobody else was going to be running a 106.58 like Mary Katani. No, I mean, come on. This you is know, insane. and I remember we were having this debate in the booth because that's what you do, right? You try to debate a little bit and um, try to mix it up a little bit because you don't want to, every, we don't want to all agree on the same person that we think that's going to win. Sure. So, I thought Mary was going to win. Um, and I put that out there and I think Tim Hutchings, who is amazing and I just owe a lot to him. Um, but he was saying he thought maybe Vivian, you know, and maybe he was just playing that devil's advocate to try to just throw it up, throw it out there for the podcast. (laughs) Um, so obviously that, that was good. We both called the one and two, but, um, we all always wanted to see, you know, Shalane, Molly, Des, whoever be up there fighting for the win as well. Like they were, um, but I do think when you have Mary Katani and we looked at that to see that 64 half that she did, um, that is pretty spectacular. And I keep saying that word because it's just, that's just how it is when you think about Mary Katani. I mean, her running is just phenomenal. The one thing that Mary has that, um, you know, not a lot of people have right now, she's going for this, this, um, world record, Paula, Paula yeah. Radcliffe's world record. And so last year in London, they set out so fast and it was really hot. I think it was like 72 or 74 at the start. And 
Um, you know, they just, they both died, right? They had, I think they went through 20 K or something and both just started, the wheels started falling off. So, you know, for, for Mary Katani to be shooting for that world record, which is so, I can't almost want to say unattainable for people at two fifteen. Yeah. um, we're watching somebody that too, we won't forget. I mean, she really is somebody that is going down in the record books already. And it's just been so fun because you and I now you're going to get to interview her and and I know her. So it's just fun to say that we know this woman. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you know, when I interviewed Paula, I kind of asked Paula and if people listening, I just posted my episode that I did live at the New York Roadrunners uh, Roads Run Center with her. I just posted that today, but um, so you can listen to my conversation. But I asked Paula, I said, why is nobody touching your record? Like it's mm-hmm. so much faster. And she kind of laughed and said, they're getting a little bit close. But when you're running that fast, a minute and a half, which is the next closest time, yep. that's really not that close, is it? <laughs> I mean, they've been trying and trying and trying. You know, she, in that race in London, she's running against Turnish Dababa, one of the most decorated track and now marathoners ever. And they are both you know, having a serious hard time staying with it after going out so fast. So, I mean, Paula is, is, I think she's such a nice person that she wants to, she wants to give people hope, but I do think she knows that was a special day for her. And she also ran 217. So, you know, Paula ran multiple times that are still times that people can't touch. So it's just crazy. She's, she's phenomenal. Yeah, it's funny because I did ask Paula that too. I said, you seem so nice and kind. <laughs> like, how do you get so gritty out there? And she was like, well, I don't think you have to be mean to be gritty. <laughs> That's cute. What was that like for you getting to interview her? Oh, it was so fun. It was just so, it was a really cool experience. And, you know, someone like Paula, y- you you have this like, um, you know, celebrity view in your head when you're a fan mm-hmm. of the sport and you're interviewing the world record. But like someone like that just makes you feel so comfortable and she's so yeah. natural and she, you know, she's done so many broadcasting things. So she's so comfortable chatting that, um, when they, someone's done so many interviews, they're really easy to interview and she wasn't intimidating yeah. at all. Well, it's so funny. I remember, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be in different circles with her. So we have now become quite good friends, but she, I think I was after I had my second baby and she has two children and I was talking about, Oh, I think I want to have another one. And she, you know, she's very honest and in a very kind way, but she just said, Carrie, get ready because (laughs) (laughs) going from two to three, she had heard, I mean, she doesn't have a third, but she was like, Oh no, we are all done with two. That was plenty. But you know, it's just fun to see her as a mom. And then also you have to kind of remember like, Oh my gosh, this is the fastest marathoner ever in the world in the world yeah and she's you know just another wonderful woman I mean it's just really cool and it's fun to see the the way that you two interacted I mean just kind of felt like you guys were friends well you know what the coolest part about the interview for me as a mom was to see how she talked about her kids Mm. you know we talked about the world record and we talked about New York but when we talked about her kids it was almost just like she lit up so much. And when she talked about how special it was uh, finishing New York and winning New York nine months postpartum, it was almost like, you know, I kind of asked her too, like what was more special that or the world record? She's like, well, they're so different, but it, her eyes lit up in a different way when she talked about getting to grab her daughter at the finish line. Yeah. And one thing I love about her is, you know, I, I had asked her, how do you, you know, stay in it mentally and what are your, you know, I use race word cues 
for my races. And she said she did that as well at times. But for that race, she kept saying Isla, Isla, Isla. That's her daughter's name. So instead of saying, you know, stay strong or positive, you know, or work this this uh, mile or whatever, she would say Isla when she started to get like negative thoughts in her mind. And that's pretty cool. I mean, just such a mom runner right there, you know, chanting your child's name to get to the finish line. That's that is pretty cool. so cool. Well, yeah. you know, that my first uh, real marathon that I raced postpartum when I just had the one, um, I remember we traveled uh, like 12 hours, you know, we drove 12 hours to get to the race and everything. And I remember when I was running that race, I thinking, I just kept thinking about Marshall because he was only like eight months old or something. And I was just mm-hmm. thinking you went all this way to run this race and you've been training and spending all this time away from him, make it worth it. Like, yep. you know, and it really did inspire me to work harder knowing that like I was going to go home to him. Yeah. And even like Mary Katani, her kids were here this time, but she's been here plenty of times before where she didn't bring her kids all the way from Kenya. And, you know, she has two. So she's got a lot going on at home as well. And, you know, she talks a lot about, you know, they can't miss school (laughs) to see their mom win one of the biggest marathons in the world. Um, But I think this time she was probably pleased to have them there because, you know, she's a four time winner. That's a stat that doesn't doesn't come around much. Yeah. So. I was in the grandstand, so I saw them, everybody coming through right before they crossed, but you're up in the box, so you actually see them cross. Did you see her run to her kids? I did. I got to see them hug and, you know, do all that. And it was fun last year, even when we saw Camarora um, hug Iliad Kipchoge. So, I mean, like to see all these interactions with these, you know, famous athletes and their families and all this stuff, it's like, oh my gosh, they're right there. But, um, you know, at the same time, they're just lovely people. So it's fun to see them actually be human and not just these, you know, destroyers out on the course. Yeah. Well, we have to talk about, um, cause we haven't talked about the other two American women I want to talk about, which is Steph Bruce and Roberta Groner still. Yes. Amazing. Again, mothers. Yes. I'm like in awe of Roberta working full time with three kids, like w- running her fastest time she's ever run at the age of 40. Like she's not slowing down. I know that this, she did not run a PR in New York, but her PR is at CIM, which is a clearly a much different course. Yes. And known for being a little bit downhill. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think about Steph's performance? Oh, you know, I just think Steph is such a great athlete and just such a inspirational woman. I mean, she has put so much out there, you know, she's had a rough couple years. She's coming back from uh, you know, both babies. She has her mom's been sick, but looked. I don't know if you saw Ben Bruce's, um, her husband, on his Instagram that morning. Of he was kind of he had a story going, and he was he showed his mother-in-law in the hotel room, and they're all pumped that she's she started the race, and her mom is dancing, and she's clearly doing okay after having a severe, um, you know, and scare of breast cancer again. So I think that Steph, to me, yeah, the race was amazing, but the whole package that comes with Steph Rostein Bruce, um, I just think is amazing. And I think she's a great person to follow and to, to learn from. Yeah. You know, I, when I interviewed her, she's one of those people that when I interviewed her, I was like, I like her so much more than I even realized after I talked to her. Mm-hmm. I know she had this like gentle, calming, sweet spirit about her. Yeah. And I'm sure she's tough on herself. You know, last year she was 10th and it's always fun to be in the top 10, yeah. right? I mean, that's just kind of like every, forever. I mean, I guess forever. It's just, that's, that gets recognized. 
Um, but I think, yeah, we have to recognize the fact that she stuck it out. I don't think it was a perfect race for her, but that just shows who she is. And she has those shirts now that are for sale called grit. I want to get one of those. I keep thinking I know. about it. Isn't that awesome? Um, and they're, you know, Ben Rosario and that whole crew out there, um, in Flagstaff at the Northern Arizona elite club. Um, they're just awesome. I like that group so much. They're doing a really yeah. good job. Um, well, when I saw her come through, I was thinking she was 10th and Roberta was 11th. And at that point, my heart was breaking for Roberta because I was like, man, that would be so yeah. epic if Roberta broke the top 10. Um, and she was closing in on Steph like hard. I if she, mm-hmm. It seemed like if she had another 50 meters, she would have passed her for sure. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You can see that, and I, I see it a little bit more so maybe from the booth because we get to see what happens as they cross that finish line, and there are definitely people that wish they would have like 100 more meters left yeah. of that marathon. You know, it's it's funny. I think you get into the park, and there's a little bit of, you know, some hills, and it's even that last stretch when you're coming in front of the, the grandstands there, it's a slight uphill, and um you know, I think people get to the finish and they're like, oh, I had a little bit more energy left. And so, um, yeah, I'm sure I, I didn't get to see Roberta and Steph finish, but we were on camera then. But um, I do know that they both had awesome races. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Okay, we have to, um, <laughs> we can briefly hit the men here because I know, <laughs> I know we're all so excited about the women's race because of the race that Mary ran and also just how fabulous the American women did. Um, but let's talk about Scott Fobble, Jared Ward. We had some American men that were in the top 10. Was there, was Chris Derrick in the top 10 too? He was 10th. Yeah. He was 10th. Okay. So, and he's with the Bowerman club, right? He is. So he trained with Shalane. I think he, he was in park city with her too. I think they both moved from mammoth when her, when she had those issues. So, that's pretty fun for them to be able to go home and, and say, and, you know, I think Chris, he is a, just such an, a, a star. I mean, he's, you know, a three-time USATF cross-country winner. Um, so a lot of people think New York would be the kind of race where, in course, where he would really kind of kick butt on. And he he's still new to the marathon. So he ran great. He ran 213.08. So, I mean, he, he has to be happy about that. But Scott Fobble, yeah, he was seventh. Uh, two twelve twenty eight. He's got to be pumped. I know the other Scott from Northern Arizona is going to hear a little bit about it. Yeah, they have kind of a fun rivalry. Uh-huh. And he didn't have a great race, did he? <laughs> no, Scott I don't Smith. think so. But I do think you know they just kind of they just keep each other honest and have fun with it, and that's good. Sometimes when you don't have the best race, you just need your training partners to keep it light and you know move on, right? Yeah, and I was seeing their tweets, and I was like, well, they trained together, so sh- I think that well, because actually when I interviewed Scott right before the marathon, a couple weeks before the marathon, I put his episode out, Scott Fobble. And, um, he said at their debut marathon, they, they were like within 20 seconds of each other. Yeah. And he was kind of like, which is really too bad. Cause he was saying it sucked that he didn't beat the other Scott. Yeah. Um, and then after the race in New York, I noticed he tweeted something like, I don't know, something about Scott Smith. And I'm like, is this a, this is a fun rivalry, right? Are they completely, or are they completely joking? No, I think they are totally having fun with each other. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can train that way. And that's a kind of the unique thing about uh, distance running, I think, is that you can't really train together without really like investing in each other as humans. You know, I mean, it's it's a pretty personal but also um, intimate group. And I think you just share so many dreams and heartache together that you have to be good friends. And maybe you don't hang out much after the run. I mean, I've had teammates that you know, don't really hang out with people after and in their social circles, but 
when you come together and push each other like that, you know, you almost become sisters and brothers, you know, it's just a, it's a really neat bond that you have with training partners. Okay. Carrie, talk to us about Jared Ward because he's one of the guys that's been around forever and he got sixth. Yes. I'm so proud of him. To be honest, I think that this was a big one for him. If he would have had a rough day, I would have been nervous for Jared. And I think he has a really good head on his shoulders too. Um, you know, his faith is so strong that that probably is what would keep him going. But, you know, he's just since the Olympics, it just hasn't been an awesome road for him. Like he's had some injuries and a little bit of illness and, um, you know, just little things along the way. He's such a genuinely nice guy that it's fun to see him back. And I'm sure he's happy at six in the Olympic Games and now six again at the TCS New York City Marathon. That's kind of his number. Was he sixth in the Olympics? Yep. Yeah. That's legit. I know. I don't. It think... is legit. And he said, yeah. I had him on my podcast a while ago. And it's so funny. I mean, he's known as this guy with a mustache, right? Like, I think yes. he's only shaves two times a year, I think. it's, And I'm not quite sure on this. Um, but I think it's like Christmas and his wife's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and she's anyway, pregnant, he was she? saying. I think so. I don't I know. I is. haven't heard. I didn't get to just talk to him. I talked to his coach at Istone, who was on international broadcast. Um, but yeah, he was saying that he was the happiest sixth place finisher in history at the Olympics. <laughs> I mean, that is really good. It is really good. And, you know, I think it, he did say in that podcast as well, like when you finish that high, it's like when Sarah Sellers finished second. Yeah. You know, you just put yourself in that position again and think, why not me? Right. Like, why don't I deserve to go back out and be that good again? So I'm glad that he has that taste again of being there and, you know, kind of knocking at the door of being at that podium. Wow. So do you think that of the on the men's field for the Olympic trials in 2020, do you think he's the one to beat? Like, do you think he's probably the uh, other than Galen, obviously? um, Do you think he's like one of the podium shoe ins? Yeah. I mean, I think that he's, yeah. When you've been there and done that, you know, he's, he wants it again. You know, when I raced and made the Olympic team was, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. And then the next year I was ready to go again, but I got pneumonia Mm. and I didn't make the team. And not to say that I would have made the team, but you know, I kind of had something that was like kind of a big thing coming away. Um, and clearly it was not, I didn't even make it out of the semis. I just couldn't breathe. Um, But, you know, I think when now he's had his hiccups, I'm hoping now this is a nice stretch for him to really get going again and and be able to come back and get there, get back to the Olympics in 2020. But he's such a nice guy. So if you don't follow him, I think you all should because he's just such a spot, a positive and great role model. Well, I'm going to try to get him on my show. And the first thing I'll do is go listen to him on your show so I can prep for my show. (laughs) Yeah, he's very open, really smart guys. He's a professor. He helps at BYU. Um, and his, you know, his coach is such a nice man too. at I stone. He tells me every Broadway show to go see whenever I go. Oh. He's got, he's got five girls of his own. He's a two-time Olympian. I mean, come on, you know, you have these nice guys in your life like that. You have to call upon them. So yes, call Jared. He's a great interview. Okay. Wait. So what Broadway show did you see this time in New York? So this was so fun. So my good friend, Aaron came out with me and uh, I didn't have my family with me this year. So she said, Hey, can I just come crash? Because obviously my hotel room is like open for anyone to shower or stay. Yeah, with I'm me. crashing with you next year. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but anyway, I, I don't have a revolving door at my hotel room. That's not me, but I do <laughs> let my good friends in there. Right. Um, so Aaron came out and then I, Gabe Brunold was out there. So Gabe was out there doing some things for cancer research and also for her own health. And I said, Gabe, you want to go to a show? And she was like, yes. So we looked at the waitress, 
the prom, pretty woman. And I think there was one other one, but we decided to go to the waitress and it was awesome. So fun. I have never been to a Broadway show. <sighs> you guys should have gone, but you can go again because we'll be there next year, hopefully on the broadcast and you doing more of your yes. life podcasting. Yeah. Maybe we'll plan a night and we'll go together. Yes. Yeah. I, I think so. I won't have kids with me next year because Sandy will be too old next year. He's like, he's still sliding into tr- all the trips because he's so young, but he's, o- he's only got like two more months of that and then he's cut out. It's so fun. And you know, I think you're in that stage with four. It's hard to take two, but maybe what we did, we, we took the two older ones for many yes. years there. Oh yeah. And that was fun. But now I start, I'm starting to feel bad leaving Greer cause he's almost three and he knows, you know, that's just kind of not fun to be left. I was the third child. And even though I love my mom and dad and sisters, I know I was left behind a lot. In particular, <laughs> I did not get to go to the pointer sister. No, not the, the bangles con- concert. Do you remember the bangles? Yeah. Yeah. My two older sisters, my mom and dad, they went with some friends and left me at home. Yeah. You're getting, you're Never getting screwed when you're the third. I mean, I wanted to go see the bangles. Well, at least so, with four, they're getting split up two, two and two. two. So like, yes. you're not the only one getting left out. And I actually find with, for babysitting purposes, most people or grandparents, if they're able to, that. they'll take two, but they don't want yeah. three. So exactly. Maybe it's a good thing. I mean, my mom was a complete hero this weekend. She had all three of our big guys for two nights and three days. And I mean, they're six, three and a half and two. So like to to do that with a two-year-old, two-year-olds are hard. They are hard. They're busy. They're amazing, but they're hard. I know. Yeah. Well, I got home that morning and I had gone to New York on Tuesday for less than 12 hours, came home, had Halloween, went back. Thursday to Sunday and worked kind of the whole time I was there basically. But I got home on Sunday night and by Monday morning when I saw the kids for the first time, I bet within a half an hour they each had a, had had a timeout. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I like small, but I'm like what is going on? But you know, everyone needs to kind of get used to each other again. So they're fine now. It's weird because you you <laughs> miss them so much and then you get home and you're like, "Wait, you're not supposed to be misbehaving right now. I missed you. This is supposed to be our time where we're like really happy to see each other. And you're like already fighting and, and doing things you shouldn't be doing. Why is this happening? Yeah. Like shooting Nerf gun bullets at me. Like when I'm making breakfast, I'm like, come on, shoot at the wall or someone else. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's tough. Okay. So the men's top three, and then we'll kind of wrap up with some more Mary talk and, and go on. So I don't know, to be completely honest, much about these guys. You know yeah. more than I do. Um, well, did you, you want to hear it? Here, let me, I'm going to make some noise here because I'm going to switch my uh, my notes because I pulled out my notes that I had for um, for the race. And let me just tell you, my husband's an architect, so he works a lot on like nine by 17. Is that what they are? Oh, yeah. Like, they're huge sheets of paper. And I do all of my um, spreadsheets on those for my commentary so everyone makes fun of me because I have like this huge like newspaper basically in front of me when I'm doing the broadcast but yeah I mean great great field again obviously but I think the big three that we thought would be up front were up front so we had Lisa DeCisa who won he's a podium guy that's my my word for him podium because he podiums really anywhere he races we've seen him win in Boston twice anytime he came back to New York he's always on the podium he was like third third and second there before in New York city, he had DNF'd in 2016. But if he's not right there in the, on the podium, usually he's having a rough day and he, 
he's, um, you know, probably is saving himself for a different race. So you'll see some DNFs next to his stats, but he ran amazing. My favorite part of the race was when he did a double take, because I think he thought once he passed Camrora, he was like ready to win. And Camrora won last year and in pretty like awesome fashion as well. It was right down to the the line with Wilson Kipsang. So he had a pretty cool finish last year, but when when DeCisa pulled away from him, I think he thought it was over. Well, all of a sudden, then one of his training, his training partner, Shira Katata came up and you see DeCisa look back and then take another look back uh-huh. because he's like, wait a second. What the heck? Here comes Katata. Uh, yeah. And Katata is 22 years old. I saw the that. guy that, finished that is second, so young. 22. Yeah. How does a guy like that decide he's going to go to the marathon so soon? Why, why isn't he still running like 10 Ks? He didn't even run track stuff. He skipped right over and went right to the marathon. I think this was like his ninth or tenth marathon. Wow. You don't see that Americans doing that much, do you? No, not at all. And, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, the thing is, is you can make so much money at the top of, of the marathoning game right now. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty, it, it's pretty nice to see that they're, they're actually rewarding all these people for their hard work. Um, and Katata deserves everything. I mean, he's, he's run 204, 49. Jeez. That's. I know at 22 years old, 22. That's crazy. Yeah. And did you see they, they aired it. You were watching live. So you probably didn't see this, but if you ever go back and watch the replay, he's the guy that wished he had a hundred more meters. I think, I mean, when you look at it, it looked like DeCisa had it one, you know, when they were kind of like the last 25 meters. But, um, when Katata finished the guy that was second, he kind of like jogged in place next to DeCisa, like, Hey, <laughs> Even though you won, I still had a little bit more in me. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, you should have used it, right? Because he just got beat. But it was just kind of fun. Like, hey, we'll, let's get ready for the next one. Well, why were they still wearing hats when they entered the park? Like, I would have been so hot. So Camrora, Camrora and DeCisa had hats on, correct? Yes, yes. Yep. So they threw those off. And it was funny because they threw them off at the same time. I mean, they were yes. clearly hamming it up for the crowd and yeah because it was like he threw his off and then DeCisa threw his off like okay we're really gonna battle yeah and to me like and I even saw DeCisa fixing his necklace or something with like a mile to go and I <laughs> I can't remember doing that stuff when I was racing maybe you maybe you do and you're just not even thinking but I would think every ounce of energy should be saved to just hold my arms where I should be yeah. and, you know turning my legs over and he's like fixing his necklace getting ready for the you know the big glamour shot of breaking the tape I just I can't eat well I maybe it's because you were running a 1500 and Probably. this is like such a longer distance but I mean Mary Katani could have just like walked in she was so far ahead of everybody else these guys were like battling and fixing necklaces oh. I was worried about her though, when she was pushing so hard at half marathon at the half marathon distance there, um, or where, when they were there or at the half marathon, it, she was, you know, breaking it down to like 454, 455, 457. So she had like fast. four miles in a row that were sub five minutes. And then she did have one that crept up to like 520 or something like that. I don't have the actual stats right in front of me, but she, um, I just thought, are you going too hard too soon? Mm. And she's known to really kind of blast some of these marathons. And sometimes they've bit her in the butt, you know, but yeah. um, this time it didn't. And yeah, she, she won by so much that it was, it was pretty amazing. I mean, three minutes and 13 seconds was the lead that she had when she, or the amount that she won by. And um, yeah, you don't see that very often. 
Yeah. I mean, she came by in three minutes when you're in that, that setting, Mm -hmm. it seemed like so long before you saw the next person. Yeah. And you know, one thing, um, you know, a lot of credit to Vivian Chariot, who was second, I guess she had did not have a good last few weeks of training. Her hamstring was really bad. I don't know if you've seen that in the post race notes, but, um, she was very iffy about coming and she was thrilled with her race. Uh, you know, and you don't hear that very often either where you're getting beat by someone you just beat. She just beat Mary at London. Vivian won London. Yeah. And, um, you know, she just was thrilled to be able to come there, come to New York and have a good race and not, not be on a healthy body. So she ran. I know. Had she not shown up, Molly would have podiumed. Yep. I know. Oh, you know, you never know, right? You still have to run the race. Well, that's true. You don't know. Yeah. yeah, You, if you look at it on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we'll wrap it up, but do you. Yeah, I could talk all day with you. I know this is so fun. (laughs) Tell me your thoughts on Mary though, because I'm going to interview her here in about like 40 minutes. So, um, What do you think about her future? She is 36, Carrie. So like she's going after Paula's record, but Paula, um, she set that record when she was what, 28? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, like I said, it's something about that 28 to 32 range for me right now, but I think that's probably a bunch of baloney. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think these women are so strong. They can run whenever. Um, but I do think with Mary, she is just, she's coming off of that 64 minute half marathon in February last year. And I just think that shows that she has so much spunk left in her. Um, she might be 36 years old, but she is very, very, you know, tough and driven and hungry. That's the thing I think is a big word that I had for Mary Katani. She's hungry all the time. She wants to win. And, um, you know, whether it's running the 10 K's on the road or running the marathon, that's, she just wants to be number one. That's so good. Well, for this mom of four that is 35, that excites me for what I could do in my late 30s. I know. I know. We all have to just kind of keep keep digging deep because I think that, you know, we kind of put this, especially as moms, right? Like you think, oh, you've had all these kids. You need to slow down or you're going to slow down or or your change is going to happen. Like that's how I'm thinking right now, too. I'm like, I'm getting old enough where I might, you know, start having that stuff happen. And no, nope, that's just you just got to keep digging deep and believing in yourself and you never know what will happen. I know I'm not going to run any PRs, but maybe I'll break three hours eventually. You we'll need see. to do that. You, you, what well, we talked about this, Carrie, you have to run more than 20 miles a week if you want to do that. <laughs> Seriously. Like everyone's, you know, I'm doing this long run challenge right now and I keep telling everyone I taper for it and then I rest from it and then I do it. And then I said, so I don't have many miles in between or around the the long run, but You know, I'm excited to see what you run in Boston, too, because it's fun to have you put yourself first a little bit. You you give a lot to all your kids and your husband and and to the running world. And it's fun to see that you're going to put something out there for you to do. You know, Boston, I will not run a PR, but that's fine. Um, How do you know? Well, just because I'll still be so fresh from the baby. I mean, this is the thing about it. Each baby has taken me a little bit longer to get back in shape. Um, Yeah. And it's not because I couldn't work really hard. Like I, like right now, I'm a tw- about 12 weeks postpartum. I mm-hmm. could start working hard right now. But I'm just physically and emotionally not ready to yeah, do that. Yeah, you're tired, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I'm like kind of doing a little bit more. But on average, right now, I'm like 15 to 20 miles a week. My long run, six miles. Like that's pretty short. I mm-hmm. I hung it up for nine weeks during pregnancy, which I've never done before. So, you know, I think that my goal, what I'm going to do in Boston is um, 12 weeks out, I'll probably really 
build and try to do some speed work, but just to have like a strong race and feel good. And I would yeah. think that'll probably land me. I'm just pulling this out of nowhere. I'll probably run like a 325 <laughs> or something. Well, let me know if you need some help. I know you and Glenn can write your own programs, but yeah. I have, I love doing this progression run. I th- seriously think you, you get very fit off of it. And I run my, my long run each week. I run it hard. I mean, they're hard for me every single but week, but you don't do a lot in the middle of the week. I don't do anything in the middle except seriously. I run like three to five miles, maybe three or four other days of the week. And then I just do this long run. But, um, I do think that how many weeks do you have until Boston? Oh, it's, a, it's quite a while. I don't even know, but like, I think like five months. Yeah. Right? Like if I did 12 week, if I did a 12 week out plan, which my goal would be to have like a 10 to 12 mile uh, base long run when I get to the 12 weeks. Yep. I think that's starting somewhere in January. So I like I have time, but man, yep. it's November. I know it'll come up quick, but if you do this long run challenge of mine, it's 10 weeks. Well, it's technically 11, but you start at 10 miles and you add a mile each week and you get to 20 and I guarantee you will be running pretty fast by the end of that. You know, and part of it too, and you know, this is like, I feel like a um, taboo topic to talk about, but part of it too is like, I, I truly have like around 10 pounds probably, um, of baby weight to lose still. And that's not me saying that about looks or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but just to be in the shape where I can run faster, there's, there's about 10 pounds there that are not normally there when I'm running fast, if that makes sense. That will come. Yeah. That will come. So that that just has to come though. And then when, when you do get to that perfect spot that you kind of want to be at, it's, it will just be like, oh, all of a sudden you don't even realize you lost 10 pounds. It'll just be like, oh, the, the pace feels good. My energy's back. So just don't be so hard on, don't be hard on yourself. It sounds like you got a, you know, a good fresh look at it, but remember that you have that baby that needs you and you just have, you're doing great. You look phenomenal. Oh my gosh. I loved seeing you out there. Finally got to meet you in person. I know. Isn't that weird though? It doesn't feel like we just met in person for the first time. No, like 100% did not feel like that. I know. And that's the thing. Like even when you interviewed Paula, like you just, you probably felt you kind of knew her already just because you're a runner yourself and you could relate to a few things that maybe not relate to running 215, (laughs) but you know, you can relate to a long run, right? So it's, it was, I'm sure it was great for you, but so fun to meet you. Well, so do we want to wrap up with your rapid fires? Yes, but I'll call you back so we can get it on camera. Oh, perfect. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to Carrie and I uh, break down the marathon. Yeah, it was super fun to chat with you too. And maybe we'll get to do this again. I'd love to have a co-broad, co- co-podcast, I should say. Yeah, we can clearly, we can talk for, <laughs> we could have kept going for another hour. So I guess, I love it. Well, <laughs> all right. good. We'll give all those boys a squeeze from me. Thanks, Carrie. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Carrie. I had a lot of fun talking with her about the race. And now I am so honored to share my conversation with the 2018 TCS New York City Marathon champion, Mary Katani. This is her fourth win in New York City, you guys. This woman is so legit. If anybody is going to break Paula Radcliffe's uh, world record of 215, this is the woman to do it. So Mary has a huge list of accomplishments. Uh, She's the mother of two. She's an amazing woman. And I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with her. Just know that I recorded it a little bit differently than I normally do. So I might sound a little bit muffled because I'm doing it on my phone and I'm using an app like a recording app that I've never used before. So um, 
Bear with me on the sound. You'll catch a great conversation with one of the best marathoners of all time, Mary Katani. Enjoy my conversation with Mary. Yeah, she's going to go down as one of the greatest marathoners ever and of our generation, I would say. Um, consistency at a really high level. She rarely has an off day. And yeah, the way she can execute and just really crush her competition over the last half of the race is incredible. Um, she's a rare, rare athlete and one to be celebrated. Okay. All right. So today on the show, we're talking with the champion of the New York City Marathon, Mary Katani. Uh-huh. Congratulations, Mary. Thank you. Are you so excited? Yeah, of course. I'm excited. I'm happy. I came to come to New York uh, and try to win for the fourth time. So uh, it was uh, really amazing day on Sunday and... I thank God for that. I thank God for the victory that uh, I got it on Sunday. And this is your fourth win in New York. Yeah. Why is New York so special to you? Uh, <laughs> I can say that uh, New York is uh, special to me uh, since I won um, four times because um, this is the the whole race that I have won. Um, um, New York is the first because uh, uh, I won London four, three times and New York is four times. Uh, I love New York and also all the spectators because uh, they are cheering you all the way uh, from starting to the finish line. So uh, I can say uh, New York is really amazing. You ran so fast on Sunday, 2.22.48. That's so fast on that course. Was it because the weather was so nice? Yeah. Yeah, the weather was perfect uh, that morning, and uh, it was no windy. Uh, it was a little bit of windy at the beginning, but uh, when we come towards the town, it was, by, uh, it was clear, and the weather was okay, so we had to um, I had to run uh Quickly, uh, that 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 match, and I can also say that uh, because the first, I mean, uh, uh, kilometer halfway was a little bit uh, slow, but um, the last one was a bit uh, faster, faster, and that's why uh, we managed to come that uh, special time of 2:22. Yeah, 115 yeah. for the first half, 66:58 for the second. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why? Because the 115 was so conservative and slow. Is that why you were able? I mean, 106. That's like a lot yeah. of the women in the field can't even run that in a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is. Uh, I think uh, for uh, for others at least maybe that's the PB for for others. Now that's a nine-minute negative split. Did you know? You know, mm-hmm. like when you took off for the second half of the race. Did you mm-hmm. know? I feel good, and this is happening today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when I just entered the central back, and uh, when I was in like mile 25, I knew already uh, 24, 25. I knew already I'm in safe place, and 
I can secure the position. Yeah, you were like already two, three minutes up by then. Mm. Now, Mary, what's next for you? I know that you've been trying to break the world record, and that's a big thing for you. Are you still after it? Um, no, uh, for now I'm not thinking about the record because um, I've just uh, finished New York the other day, so I have to go back home, uh, get a rest, and um, uh, in the near view, uh, in I think in two weeks, one week time, my manager will be coming um, uh, all the way from Italy to Kenya, and we will sit down and talk and. Maybe uh, prepare something for next year, but uh, till now, uh, I'm just going on to Avaris. How long do you normally rest after a week oh, like yeah, that? Oh, yeah, right. Uh, sometimes uh, one month, um, sometimes maybe uh, three weeks. Um, but like for now, I think uh, uh, till January, so I will resume uh, back uh, to normal training, but uh, maybe uh, if I will be started early, maybe like, um, I mean, just keeping, just keeping the base, but not really uh, training, hard yeah. training, not, not, not hard training, but sometimes it differs because maybe uh, if you have a race ahead of you, uh, you have to start it immediately, like maybe you can recover like two weeks and then you start it because... Um, uh, if you rest, um, like if you stay for so long, you will struggle when you will be coming back. If you have a rest near you, but if you don't have rest uh, near you, like for me maybe until um, ne uh, next year, so I have to have enough rest to recover well uh, before I resume. Do you think you'll do a spring marathon? Uh, not yet known because I was just telling you now. Uh, my manager will be coming back home uh, to Kenya, and we will sit down and see what will follow us next year. Now, Mary, I wanted to ask you, you have two kids, five and ten, and they were so, it was so adorable that mm. you get to run over and see them when you finish the race. What does that mean to you? <laughs> Actually, I can say that it means a lot to me, uh, being with uh, my family um, here in New York was very interesting and it was really uh, nice. Um, it was good support that uh, they were giving me. So um was not having a lot of uh, a lot of thinking that they are at home. I don't know how, how they are staying, but when they were just near me, I was feeling like, wow, I'm at home and we are together. So um, uh, I was comfortable uh, to be with them. So um, they were supporting me very much. Yeah, because they don't get to come to all your races. You're traveling and they're in school, and so it was probably extra special to have them there. You guys get to visit the city now. You think yeah. about your kids when you race? Yes, of course, because uh, you, as you know, um, when, when you are running, you know uh, somebody, uh, 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 your kids are in the finishing line waiting for you, seeing what mama going to do, so you have to be... Um, at least smart and try your best so that uh, you show them that uh, you, mommy, are strong and you are trying. What motivates? I remember very early in the morning before I went, they were telling me, mommy, success, mom, go and try your best. So I was Aww. telling them, thank you. So the little girl was telling me, mom, I will pray for you when I, when I will be taking tea 
and I say and I tell her thank you. I will go there and try my best. I love that so much. Yeah. yeah. What motivates you to work so hard and to? I mean, you've won so many major marathons, and you keep coming back. You're 36 years old. Um, <laughs> clearly, don't need to retire anytime soon because you're still winning the big ones. What, what keeps motivating you? Uh, you know, sometimes um, uh, the hate doesn't matter. What matters is how uh, you train, how ready you are. But uh, just actually, the age is just but a number. So um, I don't mind about this so long as I train well and I'm ready for the race uh, to tackle it. And also, if you are disciplined, you can know, you can go far no matter what um, uh, comes along. You can do best always if you are disciplined, if you are somebody who is uh, having a lot of uh, perseverance. Yeah, because uh, there is nothing easy, actually. You have to... Um, uh, be strong in mind and also you have to love what you are doing. You have to love what you're doing. I love yeah. that. Mm. Now you you got second place last year in New York to Shalane. So when you chose the line this year, were you kind of thinking about that? Thinking that you wanted to come back for a victory? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, next year actually was not my day, if I can say it. Uh, because I had an infection on Saturday before the race, before the morning, and as you know, uh, if something can happen to you, uh, even if you are trained well and you have no any problem, but you just got a, a, a disturbed thing, you cannot do it. Uh, so for me, uh, to do to do like second in, uh, last year was really um, uh, something nice to me because I thought maybe I might not run or, or if I will run, maybe I will not finish. But I just try my best and I say, okay. Let me just do it, and I finished the second, of which I also celebrated one while Shalin was celebrating um, being the first. Also me, as Mary, not 100%, I was celebrating too. So we're going to watch for you to break the world record for sure, because <laughs> if anybody can do it, Mary, we know you can. <laughs> Okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> That's um, what I can say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'm just gonna, I always wrap up my conversation with some end of the podcast questions. Uh-huh. Um, so I want to know, what's one thing professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Um, what is still in my mind is maybe uh, last... Uh, to try maybe uh, 2020 Olympics, although I know uh, in Kenya we have very many athletes, the talented ones. So and you know uh, how um, how my country used to select a team. They selected a team after when you race um, a race like uh, in spring, and they selected that top athlete for the uh, Olympic or the World Champs. So. Uh, for me, what what was in my mind is maybe a little bit to try to see if I'm able to uh, run well in an Olympic in future. Yeah, because yeah. so your selection process in Kenya is very different than here in America. So they, mm-hmm. you don't run a trials race; they select the team. I can't imagine a world why you wouldn't be 
a world where you wouldn't be out selected for a team. I don't understand that. <laughs> what I mean is that, you know, um, as they are selecting um, the athletes uh, the same year in spring so that uh, he or she can go and perform in, in, in Olympic or World Champs. So um, sometimes um, you might not be ready in that spring, but you did well maybe um in in i mean in 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 summer so um that's how i'm telling you uh, in kenya we are many many athletes uh with good uh, cool time so um, the, le- the selection matters a lot yeah yeah but that is my prayer i love to uh, represent my country once more yeah and so if you make that team you're going to be <laughs> shooting to get an olympic gold medal what what's going through your head mary when you're leading a race like new york what are you thinking when you're out there and i mean in new york you really took off and just kind of left everybody in the dust what's going Um, through your head when you're doing that i think what i can tell you is that um when you are in a race because of course um you respect everybody you know um um, the person has just come all the way from his country to the race is very ready. So um, what you have to do is that uh, you have to focus on your race, your race. You have to think that you are just running for yourself. I mean, um, no competition at all uh, that you are thinking. You, you have to think to run as yourself. No thinking about people, how, uh, how, how shaped they are or how ready they are, but you have to be ready mentally. You talk about your faith, and you, you always thank God after your races. Are you thinking about that at all when you're racing? Mm-hmm. Even, even, even um, before I started a race, I have to pray fast to tell God um, to give me strength to the hand. Because you know marathon is um, it's not the end, guys. It's 26 mile point two. So you have to think about God. So do you think about him and you think about him while you're closing closing the race or are you just thinking, man, i got to get to the finish line? <laughs> no, you have to pray God that um, God lead me, give me strength to go to the finishing line. Because Love others it. can come and stop us maybe even for one, um, for one kilometer, not arriving at 42. So you have to ask God to give you energy to finish, uh, to come to the to, through uh, finishing line. If you had one message, just one thing to share with the world, what would oh, it be? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I can tell them um, to train hard and uh, be disciplined and uh, uh, be uh, focused. And just be inspired. And, inspired. Go, and, uh, yeah, and you will do it. Are you excited to get back home to Kenya? Yes. All right, Mary. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. And, you know, everybody listening to this podcast is yeah. so excited for your victory. And um, it was just really amazing and incredible to see how fast you ran that race and the second half of the race and just with the confidence that you did it. So congratulations. Okay, thank you. All right, have a great night. Bye, bye. Bye.
All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening today. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, thank you for recapping the race with me and just being a great friend. I appreciate uh, Carrie so much. I love it when uh, we can get behind each other and support the work that we're doing and just to have the opportunity to chat with you about such a great race was super fun and I can't wait to work with you more. Uh, Thank you, Mary, for giving me your time and chatting with me about the race. Super huge congratulations to you. Thanks, Generation UCAN, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You guys go check them out, generationucan.com, slash discount, slash another. Use the promo code another for 15% off your order. Hey, you guys can find me on social media. I'm lindsayhine626 on Instagram, lindsayhine on Twitter, and I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine on Facebook where we have a group as well. If you are looking for more content from me, you can find that on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash lindsayhine. I put out bonus content every single month over there. And if you're a loyal listener of the show, it's just a great way you can get behind it and support the work that I'm doing week to week and honestly help get more bonus episodes like this out to the world. Huge congrats to everybody who ran the New York City Marathon this weekend. Big thanks to the New York Roadrunners for putting on such a great event and being such a great support to runners all over the world. All right, guys. uh, Another episode will be dropping tomorrow, Friday, as usual. Got an episode with Molly Huddle and Roberta Groner. Molly Huddle placed fourth in the marathon on Sunday. And Roberta, mother of three, full-time working nurse, who is 40, placed first in the master's division and 12th overall as the sixth American. Pretty amazing. Both returning guests of the show as well. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in.